Hey everybody, uh, you're listening to Believe It or Not. That's right, and this is what we call a warning. Content warning. There may be swearing. Swears. Uh, maybe not, though. There Blasphemy. Yeah, all that stuff. Thrills. Thrills, chills. Uh, and yeah, so just be aware of that. Uh, if you don't like that, then uh, find something else. If you do like that, then don't find something else. That's right. If you don't like that, take a walk, pal. <laughs> and rate us five stars. Here, get him while they're home. It's fresh from God's brain to your mouth. He's got here in this radio station. Smite me! Oh, mighty smite! The Bible is black and white. I have such doubts. Get out of here, devil! I'm a god, not the god. I don't think. And you will know my name is the Lord. We're on a mission from God. Hey everybody, welcome to Believe It or Not, I'm Trevor Pullman. And I'm Damian Depping, uh, back again. Back, we're back in the house, back uh, back in the saddle again. Yeah, like uh, Aerosmith said. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, we always say we're back, because it's been a while for us, but it's you guys just heard us two weeks ago. It's been a while! That's true. How's everybody doing, listeners? Yeah, send tweet us your us. emails. Yeah, tweet, yeah, tweet. <laughs> Hashtag, I'm doing okay, or I'm, yeah. could be better. We should have a P.O. box that people can send their letters to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get that set up. If you want us to set up a P.O. box that you can send us our letters, email us. At... Uh, yeah, email in the description. All right. Um, what are you drinking there? Some uh, water? Some yeah, I'm high t- quality teetotaling right now. Mm, when was the last time you had an alcohol drink? Uh, about an hour ago. Hmm. Not not quite. Probably less than. I'm drinking a, a wine right now oh, with man. sweet berries in it. It's got raspberries and it's got um, cider. It's like a little um, like a sangria kind like of a thing. Little mini sangria that I make. Yeah, yeah it's tasty, mm. tasty treat. Um, That's fun to eat for you. Yeah, yeah. I uh, took almost a month off drinking recently. Yeah, you did. Um, and now I'm back on the wagon. But <laughs> is that how back back? No, I, off the wagon. Well, I guess you're on the drinking train. Drinking train. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the drinking train. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so and then I'll probably quit again. Uh, but for now, I'm uh, drinking some sweet berry wine. Yes. And um, yeah, have you ever have you ever been involved in any sort of rehab or Alcoholics Anonymous or anything? I, I haven't personally, but I have been to a couple AA things mm. with with people okay yes and um do you know the steps uh not offhand i've heard a few of them um i know i know the one i remember is uh is uh admitting uh that you are helpless yeah and that you need to submit to a higher power yeah which is crazy yeah i think yeah it's a it's an interesting thing you see it in tv a lot people talking about the 12 steps and i think like for the most part Especially like Seinfeld did it, and I saw it on. Uh, I was just watching the show Hunting uh, of Hill House. Yep. And they had a lot about twelve steps because the one character was an, mm-hmm. in uh, NA, uh, narco- uh, Narcotics Anonymous, yep. and uh, but they always talk about the uh, the making amends step. Yes. I think that's the most like it, it. It's the easiest to create a story out of that probably, and that's why it shows right. up a lot. But that is one of the steps, like making amends. And, but a lot of them have to do with God. Well, it's the same. It's the exact same kind of plot line when you look at shows with uh, 
where people have crises of faith. It's yeah. the same kind of thing. They have to, they have to admit they're powerless, and then yeah. they have to make amends, and then they have yeah. to kind of submit to this higher power and realize that there, there's more than just this and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically. The most recent thing was the last season of Daredevil had a lot to do with his crisis of faith oh, and okay. all that stuff and too. In, so yeah. similar, similar idea. When I was uh, leaving uh, my faith, somebody kept referring to it as I'm having a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. And I just, at the time, I was like, that, I don't think that's the right phrase. I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. And because I eventually realized it was more about, um, I was just trying to get to truth. I wasn't in a crisis. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to find the truth. You're, yeah. And you're, you're more on a, a path to something different. It yeah, wasn't exactly. It wasn't necessarily a. Uh, a roadblock. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, AA is pretty, I think it's pretty universally recognized as a good thing. Which is one of those things, because isn't scientifically there, there's not really a lot of basis for it being an effective method of... Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, let's get right into that. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the history too, but well, we might as well start yeah, off with kind of... Let's talk about the efficacy of, yeah. of a 12-step program. Basically... It's hard. It's hard to research AA, Um, and one of the reasons is right in the name, the anonymous part. So it's hard to go back through, Mm -hmm. find past members, and see how their journey is, because most members are anonymous. And it's a very, it's a very self policing kind of. You don't necessarily have to go all the time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a very open door policy. Yeah, from what I've seen. Yeah. So. I can yeah. see the difficulties in trying to conduct some sort of long-term study yeah. without actually having contacting specific people. Yeah, because it is a lot easier instead of just doing a study of like a, you know, um, a trial period where certain people try right. this, certain people try that. If you were able to look at just data of, yeah. you know, over the years, how many people in AA versus how many people in another type mm-hmm. of treatment center have done well or I guess you could you could take a sample size and still do that. Yeah, you can, I but again, the anonymous thing is one of the negative factors when it comes to that cuz it's hard to track down a lot of people. Well, I think what it would be is that you would you would probably uh, so that's that's the tricky thing about yeah. it. It'd be like, well, if you had a sample size of people who who were trying to begin in recovery. Yeah. And that's and then, what a lot of and the then that's what you would in. say is yeah. like why don't you try AA and we're, yeah. we're going to make sure if it works. Another uh, huge thing that it's it's hard to tell the efficacy of mm-hmm. is there. it's really been the only one. It's for a long time. AA was yeah. really one of the only treatments for alcoholism. Well, I know there there are definitely a lot more now. Yeah, and there, there are in there the last few, 20, 30 years. A few more secular ones, yeah. which is the thing I guess we should we should mention too that I think AA kind of purports itself as not being Christian. Yeah. But it, it in every way, it seems yeah. to be very Christian. Yeah. Well, and okay. maybe so, not every way. And that but... goes back to the structure, right? Right. Because uh, the founders, Bill W. and mm-hmm. Dr. Bob, they wanted, they didn't want it to be an overall system where with like a head office and, you know, you have to report back to these people. Yeah. They wanted this material just to be available to to different people and so it's every group's kind of autonomous right yep so then again that goes back to it's hard to create studies because it's hard to track results and it's also yeah. um hard to 
kind of pin down the beliefs of different organization because one AA group is going to be run by a church, exactly. another AA group is going to be be run by a private uh, like rehab. It's facility. probably also going to be very different uh, regionally, just based on how people kind of yeah. perform those uh, those steps and how yeah. how the the community structure of the program works. Yeah, exactly. Region, region. Yeah. But let's yeah let's let's dive in a little bit into the history. Yeah, let's get into um, it. When when do we have like when AA started? Let's start there maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, 1935. It was, it was when in the 30s it started. Yeah, and started in the 30s, and it was like 1935 when they kind of trace back the opening date. Would would and, that have been like as a prohibition was uh, late. 20 no early 30s it would right? have been during prohibition yeah it would have been during prohibition yeah that this was yeah but um from what i see they don't they've always tried to avoid being political so they didn't it was started by people who were alcoholics and yep. it was started by people who um it wasn't about you know trying to make uh alcohol illegal or trying mm -hmm. to push for any of that it was just about Right. the individuals right mm -hmm. so there was this there was this uh, church-run organization called the oxford group and it was basically the forerunner to aa uh, it had existed since the 20s and this was basically it had steps and kind of ideas like aa but not to the extent and not specifically focused on alcoholics right and it was more about sin and fighting sin where when um, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, the founders of AA, changed the format. They That's when they took it away from referring to people as sinners and referring to it as a disease. Right. Because, um, like, medically, it had already been known as a disease at this point. So they were trying to cure a disease as opposed to, like, fix a sinner. Yeah. So that's why they were trying to break a little bit away from the religious aspect. But um, Which is an interesting... Uh an interesting kind of take where even then they're recognizing addiction as a disease. Yeah. Whereas even now there's still so much stigma and so much about, uh, for many substances yeah. and, and addiction about how it's not necessarily a, a disease for people, you know? Like yeah. The whole idea of like, Oh, they're just a junkie or, yeah. or they, they fuck their own lives up and everything. Yeah. Instead of recognizing that there's a lot more to addiction than just, you know, wanting to be high all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, okay, so so um, Bill Wilson is is Bill W. His friend got him to go to this Oxford group. He was a little, like, um, concerned about it at first. But he said um, what changed him over was he had this moment of prayer and ecstasy where he prayed to God and, and he said, here, oh, yeah, I'll do anything, anything at all. If there be a God, let him show himself. Then he had a sensation of bright light feeling of ecstasy and a new serenity. He never drank again for the remainder of his life. So it, it, it for him, it was like this conversion kind of moment. It wasn't about working with a group or whatever. No, it was just kind of like a switch was turned. Yeah. But, but then he, so uh, their steps, uh, I'll just go back to that for a sec. Their steps, they had the five C's and the four A's or the four absolutes. So the five C's were confidence, confession, conviction, conversion, and continuance. 
Mm. Which I think you can see some of those in the twelve steps. Should we? Should we maybe uh, list the twelve steps? Yeah, that yeah. I'll get to be, that yeah. after. I'll do these ones and then we'll go right into okay, the twelve steps. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, just yeah. so we kind of get a baseline. Yeah, for, exactly. For yeah. what, how that relates to them. Yeah. So can we? Can we get the five C's one more time? Yeah, confidence, confidence, confession, confession, conviction, mm-hmm. conversion. Right. Con- and conversion. Conversion. Yeah. Okay. They. It was very like because it was a religious thing, so it's like. It's basically the submitting to a higher power part right. in theirs, okay. but it's like specifically Christianity. Yes. Their version of Christianity. Um, the Oxford group, um, they were, they called themselves a first century Christian. They were trying to be like the early Christians and be more like groups and confession in these groups. And, yeah. And he was, yeah. And then they had the five ops, uh, absolutes, which were absolute honesty, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness and absolute love. So that was kind of, yeah, the, the five things of how, or the four absolutes mm. of how to treat each other in this group and right within Christianity. They like their fives. Yeah, they like their fives, or their fives and fours. But yeah, so we'll go through the original 12 steps. Uh, some of them in different groups are going to have kind of different wording. Yeah. A lot of them will say higher power in it instead of God, mm-hmm. but kind of pretty much yeah. the same thing it's veiling it as something yeah being more vague than it actually is and firstly especially the first step changes depending on whether it's aa na gambling anonymous right it's going to change what they're they're trying to like overcome but yeah for the most part it's going to be these same 12 steps so we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable uh, number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Uh, number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Made a search and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Admitting to God, to ourselves, and to other human beings the exact, exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Uh, made a list of all persons uh, we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except uh, when to do so would uh, injure them or others. And continue to take, uh, sorry, that was number nine. Number ten is continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Uh, number eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious uh, contact with God as we understand him praying only for knowledge of his will uh, for us and for the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these things, we tried to carry his message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Hmm. It's pretty God heavy. Yeah. 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 That's quite God heavy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One thing I was watching is a documentary, like clip from a documentary where it was like, can you imagine any other medical treatment that involves prayer? Well, I think like, that—that's the—that's I think that's one of the big problems with it is that it's not a—it's not a medical treatment. Yeah. Yet I know for a lot of uh, court systems, they they will yeah. mandate people to go to AA, exactly. which is yeah. uh, which is kind of insane when you think about yeah. it because it, it's not—it's not a medical. Yeah. Group. Oh, it's, it's not. It, yeah. It's not accredited. It's not studied properly it's yeah. not there's no yeah. medical professionals involved exactly and then another issue that happens uh, so court courts mandate court mandates people to go to these meetings if they're an atheist 
or agnostic or whatever, or even just like, you know, don't worship in the traditional, traditional ways, sense, yeah. then they're alienated in these groups. And like a lot of times they'll be like, oh, you can make anything your higher power. But it's like, well, what if that's not yeah, how you think or what you believe? Like, Do you think that would be a, a violation of like uh, freedom of expression or like a freedom of religion yeah, kind there, of thing? Yeah, I think there has been court cases where it's really shown to be unconstitutional to... To force someone to To force someone, to, yeah. Yeah. Um, Doug Stanhope, I was listening yeah. to him talk about AA. He said his mom uh, was in AA as a kid, so he just was always around mm-hmm. AA principles. But um, he was looking through, uh, they have a big book. It's called The Big Book, yep. according to Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like called Alcoholics Anonymous, but they all refer to it as The, the big, big Book. book. Yeah, but there, he said there was a part about being agnostic and what to do if you're agnostic. And he's like, oh, okay, great. They're going to have like a, you know, other... Um, other options for you if you're, you know, if you don't believe in God and other ways you can deal with your alcohol if yeah. you're like a thinking adult is the way he worded it. <laughs> and he's like, nope, their solution was don't be agnostic anymore. <laughs> That's what, oh. Yeah, basically, oh, come geez. to God, give it up. Yep, there's a God. But yeah, a lot of a lot of different groups will be like, you know, there's, um, and you can make anything a higher power. You can make a rock a higher power. You can make this group your higher power. And I feel like that's such a that's such a a deflection of what it actually is. Yeah, it just seems to be like, well, you don't believe it anyway, so you know you can make anything this. When, yeah, when you know it's like that's not, but that's not what it is. Yeah, and that's not exactly. what you're saying it is. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's like oh yeah, you can uh, you can make anything a desk. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, but it's it's not. That's yeah. the desk is the desk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I shouldn't have used like an actual thing to do it, but no. you know the the I think the point, everyone I think the point stands. Yeah. Another issue too with um, court mandated um, mm-hmm. uh, AA is. So, say somebody goes to a random AA meeting, um, they don't know who in there, like, what their record is or why they've, right. you know, been sent to AA and what, like, as part of a plea deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of incidents of, like, sexual assault and really? things like that as because of people meeting in AAs and taking advantage yeah. of people they've met in AA meetings. And then taking advantage of that power dynamic of the, because you need, you know, you need your sponsor. Yeah. And it's somebody you have to meet with a certain amount of time and you have a call if you have a temptation and things like that. So that creates a power dynamic and you don't know the past of this person that is forced to be an AA. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're taking advantage and yeah, it's, uh, it's become an epidemic. And again, then with the autonomous thing, there's no central body to govern this kind of stuff. So it's hard to to make corrections and, and yeah when there's no there's no official uh, uh accountability for yeah, anything exactly yeah so yeah um a, yeah so bill bill w met dr bob when he was on a business trip after um this kind of moment of um like serenity or whatever it is that he had um and he was he made a phone call to a church because he had a temptation to drink and he had like asking if they were part of the oxford group and if they could like hook him up with another alcoholic uh because he that's when he figured that an alcoholic needs another alcoholic 
in order to is that kind of like find healing they understand where they're yeah where they're coming from yeah kind of thing? Okay. yeah so that's when he found dr bob who was a medical doctor um but because of his alcoholism he barely passed medical school mm-hmm. and then even after he opened his own practice he would his every every day it was you know drink till or work till the day's over drink till he goes to bed and then he'd take pills in the morning to like stop the shaky oh, the shakies um so he started working with to bill w. The <laughs> him and bill so yeah and the the two of them ended up forming a really good friendship uh bill moved into dr bob's house for a while as they planned out kind of what aa would be and how to approach it and so the two of them worked yeah. together closely and kind of created this thing together and uh, wrote the big book and that's kind of how it all went yeah from there Jeez, there you yeah go. very very religious and i i think for me yeah i think we were talking about out, out in the living room there about um just the powerless part and yeah, saying you're powerless admitting I, that yeah because you have to submit to something else yeah and i don't know i find that i struggle with that like why like because that was something i didn't like about a lot about religion and stuff too is that you know idea of being like having to surrender to something else and right. being that you need being to be worthless helpless. or being helpless but or... i think i think that's a, a point i don't necessarily think it means being worthless no but i, I don't th- i think yeah. powerless and worthlessness are two two different things I, yeah i think yeah, for sure. I think that's a distinction. Yeah, no, you're make. right. But it's that it's that having to like say you're weak and, yeah. and only being able to find the healing and saying like I guess there is weakness, but it's powerless. I don't know, just something feel, about that. I feel it probably comes from a sense of humility. Yeah. Um and I and I can I can understand how how that can be helpful in order to kind of understand where you where you are too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause again, if it's if it's stripping, because for some people it can be it can be ego. Some people yeah. it can be, uh, you know, dealing with other issues. Yeah. And they're thinking like, well, there's nothing else I can do, so this is what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, it's kind of like, well, no, you you need to realize that sometimes it's all of it's out of your control. Yeah. And that's okay. You just need to be like, it's out of my control. Yeah. So I, I think I think there are probably better ways to do it than to say you are powerless and you need to submit to uh, God or whatever. Yeah. But I, I under, I can understand the, the train of thought, I think. Yeah. Whether or not it's, it's, uh, it's something that works for everybody is another thing. I think that's another problem with like a 12 step program. It's, I think everyone's needs are so different. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And it should kind of be tailored more to the individual and more to the case. But this yeah. one, it's very like, you need to follow these 12 steps in order for this to work. Yeah. Do do and, they have like a, any success rates at all? Like rough yeah, outlines of them, or? and it's hard to say because um, I know we we said it was it's difficult to do a yeah. study on, but and so like basically there it there, it does show that there is higher rates of success for people who go to more meetings. Um, right, the more you go to meetings, the more successful you're going to be. But that also weeds out people who struggle with you know that social contact or the shame that comes with coming back after you have right uh slipped up or or things like that i wonder how much of that just has to do with uh having a community yeah and just socialization yeah i i wonder if if more of it is to do just with that yeah than it is to do with the program itself actually being beneficial in any way and then they're they are showing there's some benefits with 
um, for certain people if mm-hmm. you um, use it with other other forms right. of therapy or other forms of um, like other ways to deal with yeah. with your addiction uh, because it is a good way to connect with other people going through the same stuff. Yeah. And it's almost like that kind of group counseling mm-hmm. type of thing, which is beneficial. Um, one of the big criticisms I read, though, was um, there's a big emphasis in AA on hitting rock bottom. Like saying you have to hit rock bottom. You have before. to hit rock yeah, bottom. Yeah, basically saying you you have to hit rock bottom before you can really um, make change. And I think, and a lot of doctors too say like, that's ridiculous. That's like saying, um, you know, you can't give a diabetic person medicine until they've hit a, had a coma or you can't yeah, that's, like... That's, that seems like a very start dangerous exercising stance to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and um, I was looking at stories and reading stories about just people going to AA and there's a lot of just one-upsmanship of right. just telling stories of the worst thing they've ever done and wanting to have another drink after the, you know, they beat their wife or right. they drove a car off a cliff or, and it just like having to tell the most horrible stories as opposed to being like, I just don't think it's healthy that I drink so much, you know, I, I think it's yeah. going to be a problem. So I want to nip it in the bud now. Like that's a, that's yeah. a really interesting part about it too, is the, I guess you'd say confessions. Yeah. Like the stories that people tell. Yeah. It's a very surreal kind of experience. Yeah. Witnessing them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm breaching any trust because I don't, (laughs) by, by having seen these kind of stories. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a, have you, have you ever been to one? No, I haven't. Yeah. I don't even really know where to start with it, but again, yeah. it's it, again they weren't all like you said. They're not all sensationalist stories. Like yeah, this. a lot of it too is just like very minor family stuff yeah. too. So not rock bottom. Yeah, but to some people that can feel like it. I yeah, I maybe guess. yeah, and maybe they're searching for ways to make it seem that way. Yeah, too. and again, it's probably depends on the meeting, depends on the group, exactly, on the exactly. People. But yeah, overall, um, let's see. I accidentally closed my notes there, so I'm just going off. That's okay. Uh, this can go back when we were talking, I was saying just about socialization and community. Yeah. I remember reading a, a study that they did with, with rats, I think it was, where they were testing, they were kind of doing a thing with addiction where they had uh, two water, uh, like little dropper thingies, one filled with uh, cocaine-infused water and one without. Yeah. And they found that when the rats were in isolation, they would like exclusively go for the water and not like food and everything else. Yeah. Whereas when they were, when they were in like a community setting and they, they had, they were socialized, they, they generally did not use it at all. Oh, okay. They chose, they preferred the normal water. So I don't, I don't know how much that says about anything or what the, what the long-term effects or what the actual things are. But I remember reading that too. And I don't know if that applies to a situation like this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder like I'm sure, yeah. Because I think I think the biggest success they have is the social aspect of it. Yeah, I think, I, I think so too. And that's, as much as that's a, can be a negative too, I think for mm-hmm. a lot of people it definitely is a. And that's why it would work yeah. much better with with other treatment plans, yeah. which so much of it is to do with your mental state of being, right? Yeah, and I another. Mean, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just again. Like, yeah. Treatments can make or break depending on how yeah. you are mentally fit, right? Yeah, exactly. For any any yeah. kind of disease, really. Yeah, and well, the thing is too, um, there's just not a lot of known treatments for addictions. Yes, and that that becomes another issue too. It's like, yeah, AA is very religious in the way, you know, the way the twelve steps work. Mm-hmm. 
not a lot of scientific backing for it, you know, um, if any, just kind of sketchy. But also, people don't really know what other options right. are out there or are available. Do you think that the faith and the uh, the um, acceptance of AA has kind of stalled the need or the, the kind of drive for people to look more into dealing I, yeah. with those kind of addictions? I think so. I think it's very possible anyway. There are some, like, I mean, yeah, you look at, like, NA versus, mm -hmm. like, a methadone clinic, right? right? Like, methadone clinic is, has, like, way higher success rates than, right. than a, NA. But that doesn't, you know, translate necessarily to something like, I mean, there is medication to help you with, with yep. alcoholism, but it's not to the same extent as, like, I think the and, the other thing too would there's also much more of a stigma to like a methadone clinic than yeah. it would be to Narcotics Anonymous. Right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I I think a lot of it is people's perceptions of these kind of things too. Yeah. Whereas like, oh, if you're going through Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous, you're doing you're you're making a positive step. You're doing yeah. something that's right and good. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing treatment or something that has been proven to be more effective. It's it's kind of stigmatized. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that kind of uh, public perception is, is too poorly skewered because of programs yeah. like that. And and also, like, for some people in AA or these 12-step programs, mm -hmm. there's almost this mindset of, um, we've found the answer. They're very much in this club, and they're very much in, like, have this, like, almost religious view of right. this organization that other kind of forms of treatment are kind of stigmatized there too. And like, I read one, one thing where somebody was referred to as a dry drunk, like somebody, they yeah. are drunk, but they don't drink. I've, I've heard that because, before too. Yes. Because they're not getting the help they need with alcoholics, alcoholics anonymous. Mm -hmm. But even with alcoholics anonymous, they say once an alcoholic, also always an alcoholic, which is an interesting thing too. I think, uh, cause it's always, it's always in the like every day you, you are always an alcoholic and this yeah. is always something that's part of your life and you always have to think about it. Yeah. It, I, I wonder like, can't that, wouldn't that make it in a, in a way that you're always focused on this thing? Make yeah. it even harder to kind of yeah. distance yourself yeah. from it and stop it too. Well, I, I don't really know how, what the, what yeah. the signs would be behind that, but and the thing is too with with something like alcoholism, mm. sometimes your disease is that alcoholism, and other times yeah. you're just in a terrible place in your life, and you're using you're, it. It's a it's a crutch. It's or, a crutch or, or whatever. A, it's a band aid. Yeah, or you know you're in college and you're discovering binge drinking and <laughs> for the first time, and yeah. you're gonna come out of college and start a family and not drink as much and. Right. Other people are going to come out of college and start a family and then realize that they're still drinking as much. And yeah. So it's it's different for different people. Like someone might go into it early and say, I can never have a drink again. But really, they're not an alcoholic and they probably could have a drink. Now exactly. Again, yeah, that's yeah. true. So, yeah, it's hard to say. It's it's one of those things where it's so dogmatic and mm -hmm. how they um how they teach it that it, it's probably hard to see kind right. of those results and you got to wonder when is it like is it something that maybe these people never can or is it that maybe there was a time when they couldn't but maybe they would be able to yeah at a later date yeah exactly it's yeah i don't know i think it was this american life but i listen to a lot of podcasts so it could be something else but they're talking about this uh, woman was talking about she was involved in aa for like 
so much of her life because uh, she joined it when she was a kid because wow. they her parents thought she had an alcohol problem and made her join and then realized later in life that no i was just a rebellious 13 year old yeah. or whatever who just and, had some beers with friends or yeah, something yeah yeah and but she got so ingrained in the culture yeah. and so like and she found her identity in the culture of aa and then eventually she realized like no i I'm not an alcoholic, and I. Yeah. It's probably fine if I have a glass of wine now and then. Which is something, yeah. Which is something yeah. that is interesting. Like you said, always an alcoholic. In yeah. a way, it's it's labeling you into this thing to keep you in this thing. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know if that's a a good thing yeah. or not. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, not. I don't think there's enough science to back it up. Yeah. And I don't think there's um enough admission i think publicly that it is just a religious practice right it's um it's that, it's almost a cult in a way yeah with in the, a lot of ways with yeah the com- with the community yeah. aspects and yeah uh, the meetings and the you know, yeah dog and, and yeah they um they originally yeah it was it was meant as a religious thing like it was yeah. meant to the way to stop drinking is to surrender to god i mean that was like kind of the whole point of it so it's yeah. it's interesting that it became such a staple and such a um, universally kind of recognized treatment method when that wouldn't happen. I don't think with like you you wouldn't go see a faith healer and on like on court order. You yeah. know, <laughs> do you, do you think part of it has to do with uh, uh, media portrayals of uh, these kind of meetings too? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure that probably yeah. makes it paints a more favorable or or at least like oh they're they're doing something. Yeah. Because there's always there's exactly. always a, yeah. a show or a movie where there's something like that. There's like an AA yeah. meeting or well, and it is something too where you know if you if you've caused problems with your friends or your family or whatever because of alcohol, um, going to an AA meeting and showing that you're continually going to meetings and stuff is a good like tangible way to show people that yeah. you're trying to make a difference mm-hmm. and you're trying to change. Which you know you can't really fault people for that as opposed to like. You know, I haven't had a drink in three weeks, but um, I can't prove that to you. You can, yeah, yeah. There's, it's just there's something more about something about the accountability, that yeah, that, that offers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Any other thoughts or questions about AA? I think we kind of got through most of yeah, what I we wanted so. to talk about with yeah. it. Yeah, I think so. Should we hit up um, a Christian? Yeah, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. All right, I've been wanting to do this guy for a while. Oh, yeah? Uh, okay, so... Why why have you wanted to do him for so long? It's Michael W. Smith. Michael motherfucking W. Smith. Should I know this name? He's the contemporary Christian artist that, above all contemporary Christian artists, he's the 90s and the 80s for for Christian moms, oh. Christian... Christian like parent friendly yeah very parent parent friendly this this song here um okay if if your pastor moved away and goes going to a different church yeah because a lady, of like uh you know diddling children and maybe stuff. but <laughs> a lady in your church would come up and sing this song to bid them farewell would they oh, actually oh yeah uh, or like a going away party for a dear christian friend you throw this michael w smith song on and everybody sings along and you, oh, you're swaying back and forth crying oh see that was that's that's the weird thing when i've been to churches or been to religious things is 
is the lady singing with the piano the whole time. Mm. It really, yeah, it really, I don't like it at all. It's so bizarre. Actually, my dad was talking about, uh, like how in his church growing up, they had like the big, uh, organ. Yeah. And then, uh, those are cool. Yeah. And then somebody, uh, mentioned bringing in a piano for some event and somebody else was like, no, that's sinful. You can't bring a piano into a church. That's what an organ is. Yeah, I know. It's just with pipes. Like <laughs> the strings are evil, I guess. I guess. Yeah. No good vibrations in this yeah. church. Another thing though about Michael W. Smith. Yeah. Uh he was on CNN a couple years ago. Probably like ten years ago now, talking to Larry King. Larry that, King. That's more than a couple years. Yeah. Uh <laughs> talking about how that whole time he was on cocaine. Tell me Lots about your coke. Christian music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, coke field, Larry. Um, but so here are the lyrics to "Friends" in parenthesis are "Friends Forever" by Michael W. Smith. This sounds like a really bad version of uh, "You Got a Friend in Me." Mm, yeah, you also might recognize this song from me always singing it while I walk around the house. <laughs> I kind of tune it out most yeah. of the time. So, uh, okay. Are you going to sing it, or are you just going to read it? I'm going to read it. Okay. I think I'll read the first verse, and then I'll read the chorus. Okay. Packing up the dreams God planted in the fertile soil of you. Can't believe the hope he's granted means a chapter in your life is through, but will keep you close as always. It won't even seem, it, it won't even seem you've gone, because our hearts, in big and small ways, will keep the love that keeps us strong. Uh, and friends are friends forever, if the Lord's the Lord of them. And a friend will not say never, because the welcome will not end. Though it's hard to let you go, in the Father's hands we know that a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. All right. So that's friends are friends forever. Oh, jeez. Did you it cry? Sound, at first it sounded like God was trying to impregnate you. Yeah. And then he, he then he embiggened something. A lot and... of seed and soil yeah. references in Christianity. Hmm. Uh, they, they love that shit. They love seeds and soil. Um, the Bible says, of course, that the mustard seed is the smallest seed there is. And you've said it's demonstrably mm-hmm. yeah, not, not true. Not true. Uh, but yeah, a lot of lot of metaphors about seed, seeds. Though. They are small seed. You can't, you, you can't deny. If you <laughs> if you don't write and say it's a big seed, then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. It, is it is a small, small seed. seed. Um, that being said, um, not the smallest, um, that's all I got. For you. <laughs> um, so this has been, uh, believe it or not, another week, another, another dollar dollar. Yeah. Send us your dollars. Send us your dollar on Patreon. We don't have Patreon. Oh. All right. Uh, uh, rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Give us five stars and, uh, we'll, we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah. I'm going to go take a nap. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Work, 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 Sky Moon. <laughs> <laughs>